So my superpower is I love making events and plans for people to step outside of their normalcy and really do things that they never would have done in the past. And it, it first started presenting itself in that my family by birth is a lot of men and all the women have married in. And for 20 years, I have planned a weekend every year, the weekend after Mother's Day, and taken these eight women to go explore and experience something that they wouldn't normally do. And we've done, not cliff diving, I'm not sure they would go with that. But <laughs> we've done white water rafting. We've done, um, like, gone to the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville in a limousine. We've done parasailing, taking cruises. And that energizes me because I love watching them be just happy for that weekend and nothing else matters. And that's why it was so easy, I think, to take shine your bright and move that into where this year we're hosting our first conference and really just opening that same com concept up to anybody who wants to come join and i that, that's it for me seeing people just laugh out loud until they cry are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews and I am live on the line today with Heather Breedlove. Heather, are you there? I'm here, Richard. Good to see you today. <laughs> awesome. Glad to have you. For those of you who've been following along, we are still stuck in Kissimmee in our, uh, in our travels in Florida, waiting for the uh, coronavirus stuff to sort of wear off. Heather, you're coming in from Atlanta, Georgia. Is that right? That's right. That's right. A, a little bigger awesome. than the, uh... Kissimmee, Florida. Yeah. Has, has the, uh, the summer weather started to hit you out there or is it still cold? Shockingly, it was 65 degrees today, and I was ready to break out a sweater, but I hear we're in the 90s coming up this weekend. Almost. You almost get the summer yes. weather. Yeah, it started to get really warm the last couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm kind of excited for summer to get here. Um, so let me, real quick, for those of you who don't know who Heather is, Heather is the creator of a journal called Shine Your Bright, and you also are a speaker and a teacher for, if I'm understanding correctly, women who want to sort of confidently move into a new direction in their life. Is that right? Absolutely. Very much. And I'd love to awesome. share a little about how that, how we got there. <laughs> awesome. So to start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're known for now, right? You know, just who you are, what your business is like, who you serve and what it is that you do for them. So right now I am the founder of Shine Your Bright. And what I love about that is very much around it's so easy to get caught up in the rat race, finding your shine again. And I, it kind of fits in with that comic book 
lifestyle because I can envision feeling almost like you're in a pressure cooker and how do you start to feel like you're yourself and you're happy and you have joy rather than just trying to keep it all together and shine your bright we have a tagline a reintroduction to yourself and really working around how to start to confidently take small steps to figure out who you are again Awesome. So is that sort of coming from a place of like, you've got, you've gotten to like a point in your life where you're like, I did all the right things and made all the right decisions. And yet I'm still like, I don't feel like I'm in a good place. Absolutely. So I call that the checklist. And I don't know if, if you had a checklist growing up, we, I grew up small town, white picket fences, just imagine probably the perfect lifestyle. And I was very fortunate to have parents that were incredibly supportive. You can be everything you want to be. And I was also, I, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to go off to college. I wanted to be married by 25. I wanted my career. I wanted children by 32, right? That's the, the checklist. And as things started to unfold, life throws you curveballs and you can't really go down the the list you might have expected for yourself and how can i still have a life that's full without some of those things yeah, yeah. it reminds me of a um, one of my wife's favorite country songs by reba mcintyre is that is there life out there right? oh my goodness her home. every time i hear that while i'm on the road i just it, it's very much that. And that song is so old. It's amazing that we, we're still in the same place, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's funny, my, my wife always, uh, she likes to sing that song um, when we go karaoke places because it's one of her favorite songs. And people always come up to me afterward like, they're like, does she not like her life? And, I'm, and she's always like, no, 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 no. It's because I like, I didn't end up in that place, right? And it makes her happy to know that she has you know, she doesn't have to wonder if there's life out there that she's getting to live the life of her dreams now, which is really cool. So that's super cool. Sounds like I should yeah. meet her. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great lady. If you ever get a chance to, uh, to meet her, it would be worth it. Um, so, so tell me how you got started in this place. We talk all the time on this show about the hero's origin story, right? Every good comic book hero has an origin story. It's sort of what made them into the hero they are today, right? You know, Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider, you know, spider and became Spider-Man. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? So I wish I could say that it was, it was easy or it was a choice that I wanted to make. I think it was a little different in that. When I do talk about that checklist, it was, I mean, a couple of things that went, that went awry with it. I would say we got married and marriage was hard. They didn't tell us, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to work at it. And I thought my marriage was going to be like my parents and Tommy, which I think you said has been on, on the show before. Yeah, yeah. He thought his We can, uh, marriage, we can put a link in the, in the episode to, uh, to your husband's episode. That'd be awesome. And I, he thought his or our marriage was going to be like his parents. And we never really talked about what we wanted our marriage to be like. And we had totally different hero journeys up to that point. And so we were struggling with marriage. My father got sick right after we got married, diagnosed with um, melanoma cancer. And he was gone three months Ooh. later. So we had that on top of a new marriage. And then on, 
to add to it, we found out children weren't really going to be in our future too. So all of those things where I'd envisioned this fairy tale life, um, it wasn't, it just wasn't going to come true. And as we worked through all of that, we had, Tommy and I had our own stuff we had to deal with. And I, from the outside, it looked amazing. We both had amazing careers. We had amazing homes, all the toys, but it was a lot to keep that together. And we started really going through, why is he not happy? And I would say, listen to his episode because he, he's very good at explaining what his path and his life looked like and me being in that journey with him and having my own journey in alignment with that, we, we make the joke or say we've been married and divorced five times. We just keep marrying each other. Thank goodness. And all of that to say, I eventually just got to the point where I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't all day, every day I'm getting up, trying to put on the perfect face, be the perfect wife, be the perfect C-level executive. And I'm, I'm fitting into everyone else's world, but what is mine? And I think it's really easy to start to forget what is your favorite food? What, where is your favorite place to just go if you have a minute for yourself? And the longer that goes on and as the years pass, you can get further and further removed from, from your shine and your joy. And how do you start to get back there again? So to circle that out, I'd say it was tough for me and I was in that place and Tommy was finding his own new path and where did that leave me? And I was scared and didn't really know what I wanted or where to go. So I, Shine Your Bright was born and started really working towards that. So it was really, it was a personal journey for you to sort of help work through that. And sort of once you got there, you started to realize you could help other people along that same journey. Absolutely. I've got a couple of things come to mind there. I, Tommy went to a program in Tennessee and it was really a living centered program and he got so much from that he wanted me to go and I went and I was still really closed and I was like well this is what he's going through I, I'm fine but I learned so much about myself there and I'd say the one pivotal point in the story that I remember is one afternoon they did horse therapy and growing up in a small town, I'd been around horses. I loved horses. But as I was watching everyone that was there integrate with their horse, it was amazing because I started to see some people would try to bully their horse into getting it to do what they wanted. Some people were scared and timid and they couldn't get a horse to do what they wanted. Then for me, I finally got to a point where I felt like I was in a balanced relationship for the first time in a really long time. And it was just that horse and I, and we were communicating, it was equal. And it, it really made this just light come up in me. 
And it, it was the first time I had felt that joy and happy that I hadn't felt in so long. And it planted the seed. And I was like, that's what I want to feel like all the time rather than part of the time. And how did I not recognize happy? And then coming <laughs> home off of that, one of my best girlfriends, we were at dinner one night and she's so upset and starts crying. And she's like, how do you guys do such a great marriage? And she's like, mine's crumbling and everyone else seems to be just rocking the marriage thing. And I was like, well, first of all, if you think we're, we have that great of a marriage, that's a failure on me because we haven't had real conversations about what we've had to work at. So all of this just kind of magically presented itself to me and the people just kept coming. And once we started having those real and honest conversations about having your own life and, and it's okay to be happy, that's kind of how the journey started. Yeah, that's really fascinating too. And like I, the thing, one of the things you said that, that really st struck with me is not recognizing happy right? Not recognizing what it looks like. So, and I, I assume that's pretty, a pretty common with lots of people is they don't, they, they've not either, they haven't had it in enough time or they just don't even know what it looks like. They don't know that they're missing it. Right. So how, how do you like, what are sort of your recommendations for people if they're like, you know, what are some of the red flags, I guess, if someone's sitting there going, maybe I don't know what happy is. Maybe I could actually make, make a difference or make a change. So I, I always say start small because it's, it can be intimidating and you might not even know, right? You like, I like to think and I, my family does make me incredibly happy. My career does make me incredibly happy, but there's that overwhelming sense of excitement too, that it's amazing where you can find it. I would say even taking a different route home from work one day and seeing what you drive by or what you could stop by even going back to some of the fun things you did as a kid from a playground to cannonballing into a pool. Those are things that we as adults don't necessarily do, but it, it's a small thing yeah. to start to step outside of that, that normalcy. Yeah. That's one of the things that, um, you know, you, you know, we travel full time. One of the things that, uh, that has really been fascinating to me is, is, uh, over the last couple of years, really making, con I, you know, I call it connecting with life, right? Mm -hmm. Connecting with life is like a regular part of our life instead of like, you know, it's something we do on Saturday afternoons and the rest of the time we have our schedule, right? Um, but, you know, everything from, you know, rollerblading around the neighborhood with the kids to, you know, hey, there's a waterfall we can go slide off of while we're here and like that kind of stuff where you're like, let's, you know, do something crazy and go, you know, um, you know, go, go see the alligators at the, uh, there was a place one of the places we stopped, we got to pet and hold baby alligators. And it's like just little things on a regular basis where you're, you're just experiencing life, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And we, we got a puppy recently. She's being quiet beside me, which is very impressive. But even with that, like I, I knew I wanted a puppy, but it's so easy to say it's too much work. It's, it's too much to deal with, but to see, we call it puppy Olympics, to see her doing her Olympics every afternoon where you've got to throw the toy across the house 72 times. Again, that's, it makes me laugh so hard. And if yeah. I have a bad throw, she'll take it to Tommy. She's like, you failed, but that's fun <laughs> <laughs> just to watch her. 
Yeah, yeah. So one of one of the things that uh, one of like the, the core concepts that I'm sort of like developing in my life is something I'm calling a uh, I'm calling contented ambition, um, and I think okay. it leads a lot directly to uh, to where you're going with this whole idea of happiness and recognizing happiness in your own life. Um, and it's this idea that that you have to you have to have contentment like with where you are and what you're doing, but you also need to have like a destination, like a journey you're going towards, right? If you don't have any place you're moving towards. Um, then you're not going to be happy. We're like, we're designed to be in motion. So I like, I like the idea of being like, Hey, how can I be content with where I am and, and grateful for what I've got, but still be striving for something more, whether that's a destination, better relationships, wherever it is that I'm going, I've got something I'm striving to make my, in my life better. Does that make sense? Uh, it totally makes sense. And one thing that's always resonated with me is fear and I've been very conscious about saying, if I'm afraid of something, I ask myself why I'm afraid. And then I, I almost do it anyway, because I'm, I'm also fearful that the first time I let fear win, my world is going to get smaller and I'm not going to step outside of, of my containment bubble I put myself in. So it makes total sense. And that's kind of my, my checkpoint for myself is, if I'm afraid, I'm yeah, I'm yeah, do yeah. That. I I call it a, uh, you know, love where you are, know where you're going, right? Uh, and it right. really helps helps create an, an environment where you can have happiness. And on on the point of fear, that's actually something that I, uh, um, um, it's something I've been working on teaching my children how to get over those kind of things, like where fear, where that decision that fear fear stops you. And one of my favorite examples um, is something that I did as a kid, and something that I just recently did this last year with my my two oldest children. Um, is uh, cliff diving, right? And I don't know if you've ever done cliff diving, but like I'm you not. climb up, you're like, you're like, if you ever, if you ever do it, it's worth doing, if only for this experience, right? Because you're at the bottom, you're looking up, and you're like, it's 20, maybe 30 feet up to where it is. And you're like, you see people doing it. And you're like, okay, this is safe. People are doing it. It's happening all the time. And you're like, I could totally do that. You go up there to the edge and you stand on the edge of it. And now all of a sudden you're like, you know, five or six feet higher because your head's higher than your feet. And you're looking down going, I don't know about that. Um, and like, I remember as a kid, it's that, that step where you're like, this is, this is really scary. And that, that it's that mental hurdle is the biggest part of the whole process. And I remember this last year we did it with my children. Uh, my two oldest ones, we were up in Yosemite and they had this cool waterfall and it was about 30 feet up and we could jump off the waterfall. Um, and I remember sitting there with my son, I'm like, okay, we're at the back and it's like 10 feet back from where we were going to jump off. And I was like, here's what I want you to do. And I was like, I want you to go up to the edge. And I want you to not even think about it. I just want you to just walk up and then jump off. Because if you stop and think about it, you'll freak yourself out, and you'll you'll have you let that fear take take a hold. Um, and it was really cool because he's like, "Okay, Dad," and he's just he's just at that age where he just listens and he just does what I asked him to do instead of thinking about it too much. So he got up and he took like three or four steps forward, right to the edge. He looked down once and then he just jumped off. Um, and yeah like right off the thing and he had like a life jacket on and whatnot he's a good swimmer so it was it was totally fine but he jumped off the thing and like I went I I went after him I remember I stopped at the edge and looked down I was like man I can't believe he did that with as much ease as he did because it freaked me out right and I've done it before and so like I jumped up after him and he was so excited he was like that was the coolest thing I've ever done dad and he wanted to do it and we did it like 15 more times that afternoon Um, I did the same thing with my daughter yeah, but it's that, it's that idea of like learning to look fear in the face and act anyways. So I did go bridge jumping recently. We have a little lake cottage and there's a bridge people jump off of into the lake. And I, I'm like, I want to do it. I popped up there. I paused 
voided eyeballs. Yeah. And I was like, what am I It takes thinking? a while. But I had, well, my mother-in-law was on the boat below. She was silently judging me, thinking I'd lost my mind. But I had this, reti <laughs> this retired um, military colonel was jumping off with me. He's in his 60s. And he was finally like, come on, girl, you just got to do it. And I was like, okay. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, for, personally, I think the cliff diving experience, we're jumping off something like that. It's, it's a, more an exercise in learning how to look at fear and act anyways than it is in learning how to jump off of a cliff, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that deep breath. And I, I absolutely believe in mentors and coaches and finding people to help us make those transitions. One of mine, one time, she was like, think about fear versus excitement. And think of a time you've been really excited. Think of a time you've been really fearful. And we were, it was my first big stage um, presentation where I was speaking. And it was in, in front of my hometown. And those people know me a little more intimately and differently than a lot of my current network. And she's like, can you really tell a difference between fear and excitement? Like how it feels in your body. And, <laughs> and I was like, Nancy, it's very that's true. Just, that's so eye-opening and then once I was could tell myself you know this is exciting and be glad you've got the opportunity rather than saying I'm I'm scared to death to do this that's one of my go-to's still to this day yeah yeah and it reminds me of uh, Mark Twain's quote that you know 20 years from now you'll regret more of the things you didn't do than the ones you did right that's so um, interesting. and that's so accurate I had that that quote went through my mind this morning it absolutely did. And we're, the reason it went through my mind this morning is I've somehow gotten myself into climbing, doing an extreme physical challenge with Tommy in October. And on the inspirational training video yesterday, they said, just settle in and do your training. And this morning I get up, I go hit the trail to run and I was going to be late for work. And I was like, okay, if I'm late going into the office, am I going to remember that? Or am I going to remember I took the time for myself to train for this obstacle that we've got coming in October? And it, it's amazing how you can just shift your mindset that quickly from remembering a quote like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, it, it changes sort of your perspective on like, hey, what, what is it that's going to be important to me later? And it's one of the things that I've, I've really loved about uh, sort of understanding how we work as human beings. And one of, one of my, uh, um, I don't know, like the foundational understanding of human beings is that we're story-born creatures, right? And our relationships are built on stories. And the more of our stories we've shared with each other, the more intimate our relationships become, right? Like at this point, the only way you and Tommy get closer together is by going out and creating new stories together, right? You've heard all of each other's stories in the past. Once um, or twice, for sure. Yeah, right. And like, you can tell when he changes, changes a detail in one of the stories he's told, you know, because you've heard him so many times, right? And uh, um, and that's sort of like, that's, so we judge, we judge the depth of our relationship with each other based on how much of each other's story we know. And so I, I like to look at a lot of the experiences that are in front of me with it, with, through that lens of like, what's the story I want to be telling later, right? Do I want to tell the story of like, hey, I gave up on this so I can make it to work on time? Or do I want to tell the story that, hey, you know what, I, 
I put work on pause for a few minutes so I could go do something really cool that I knew was going to be an adventure, like that kind of stuff. Um, because that's, that's, that's how our life grows is through our stories. And I think it's, it's really helpful for me at least to think of like, Hey, what's the story I want to tell my grandchildren. Absolutely. And I, it is having that bigger picture of, of how much space you can have in this world versus shrinking in and just in doing your standard status quo. This is my day. Which yeah, yeah. You don't so seem it, to have that issue. <laughs> it sounds to me like that's the core message of learning to shine your bright, though, is learning how to, to, to nail that for your own, like learning how to write to the story the way you want it. Absolutely. One of the things I'd love to talk about is how to get from here where you are right now to your bucket list. And it's not as far away as you think. It's amazing. Amazing. Because um, I remember um, before we started traveling, it was something that was on both my wife and I's bucket list. And we had all these things that were on there and thinking to ourselves, I don't know how we're going to make this happen and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, it took us years to get to the point where we were like, we finally got to the point where we could do it. And like we started and all these things sort of like fell in place. You know, the business started working better and like we got onto the road and we've checked off all these cool things on our bucket list and we've got so many more that we're going to do. But it's, it's amazing that once you start down that path, it just becomes easier and easier and easier to continue building a life that you're proud of. Absolutely. I, that does, do you know where you're going when you get out of Florida or do you just take the open road? <laughs> So we pretty much we have we generally have like a three month plan of like, hey, we have a, okay. a direction we're going, but all the details aren't generally worked out. However, that's been f thoroughly messed up by the uh, coronavirus and now, you know, nationwide rioting. So we're currently just sort of staying safe here. Um, but we'll we'll sort of see what uh, what goes uh, goes down. Our plan was to go up the East Coast this summer, but um, currently the East Coast is not a, a great place to be going up and down. So we might go somewhere else. We're not sure yet. Nice. Well, it'll be fun to figure out where you go. Yeah, it'll be fun to figure out. And that's kind of, you know, it's, it's nice to have that kind of freedom where we can just say, hey, this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing next. Um, and we can, we can adjust based on, you know, on the happenings in our world. Um, but it's sort of, you know, I want to I move on a little bit in the conversation and talk a little bit about your superpower, right? And so, you know, every iconic hero has their superpower, whether that's, you know, a fancy flying suit like Iron Man or... Um, you know, the, uh, uh, something like the ability to call down thunder like Thor, right? In the real world, I have, um, I say heroes have something that I call the genius zone, right? It's a skill or set of skills that you, either you were born with or you developed over time that sort of energize all of the rest of your skills, right? So this superpower is what sets you apart and allows you to really help people slay their villains um, and come out on top in their own journeys. So you have a superpower and I'm curious with that sort of framing, what do you think it is? I, so my superpower is I love making events and plans for people to step outside of their normalcy and really do things that they never would have done in the past. And it, it first started presenting itself in that my family by birth is a lot of men and all the women have married in. And for 20 years, I have planned a weekend every year, the weekend after Mother's Day, and taken these eight women to go explore and experience something that they wouldn't normally do. And we've done not cliff diving. I'm not sure they would go with that. But <laughs> we've done white water rafting. We've done, um, like, gone to the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville in a limousine. We've done parasailing, taking cruises. And 
that energizes me because I love watching them be just happy for that weekend and nothing else matters. And that's why it was so easy, I think, to take Shine Your Bright and move that into where this year we're hosting our first conference and really just opening that same com concept up to anybody who wants to come join. And I, so, that, that's it for me, seeing people just laugh out loud until they cry. So would it, would it be uh, too forward to say your superpower is helping make people come alive? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And you know what, one of my other favorite quotes, um, I can't remember the guy who said it, but he said, uh, um, the world needs more people, um, you know, who, who are alive, right, who, who come alive. So find, find something that makes you come alive and go do that. Um, and uh, that's a, it's a great, great thing, because when you, when you light people up and you get them to a point where they're actually excited about what it is they can do, and where they can go, they start operating at a higher level and it's the value they can bring to the world is something that we need. That's what, that's what solves our world's problems is when people have come alive and they're using their strengths and their gifts and their perspective to go out and you know, share their value with the world. Like you said, once you found what you wanted to do and you guys hopped on the road, how things magically started falling into place. I firmly believe every time I've gone for something new or started to live out loud to my biggest potential it's like it just unfolds for you and the world is there to support yeah. you and it's it gives me chill bumps <laughs> with excitement because it's just so fun to see yeah yeah and it's really amazing too because it was like it was the traveling was just a dream like let's see if we can do that and it's interesting that once we started really taking action on that the the business opportunities to grow our business and do the things that we do there opened up with it right mm -hmm. Um, and our business has grown probably four or five times since we got on the road, which is crazy, right? Because you wouldn't think that, like, they're not connected. Um, but my, I run my business, and when I'm alive, my business is alive, right? So. That's, a great, that's a great analogy. I, talking about stories, Tommy and I have, <laughs> we knew, and he was in a big uh, corporate accounting job, and we knew he was shrinking in that role and it was time for him to get out. But we had planned for an October exit. He called me on Valentine's day. So that's, that's a little before October and I'm driving to work yeah, yeah. and he goes, not happy Valentine's day. Well, what do we want to do for dinner? It was, I think today's the day. And I was like, Oh, you're going to quit today. He's like, I'm going to quit today. And this was that I, I was 36 at the time and I was like, I'm about to have to start life over at this age. I never thought I would do that, but it was amazing to watch him grow and start to flourish and start to really live his life. And that was so inspiring to me. Um, and again, I mean, we cut out two thirds of our salary that day, but it was like so many other opportunities opened up and just watching where he is and where i am and it's it's an amazing life and it is so much more than i ever thought it would be but it was that it stabbed me in the gut there for a second <laughs> yeah and it's that that scary moment where you're like oh are we actually doing this um my uh, my my phrase for that because i have we've done it a number of times my wife and i in our relationship everything from like we uh 
we got married on a whim because we thought it would be a good idea. Uh, we talked about it ahead of time, but we got married on a whim and we moved our whole family from Missouri to California one day. Um, and that was like an afternoon decision. So like, let's just pack everything up, close our business, move to California. And we moved into the RV at one point, uh, um, 28 days after we decided we were going to do it. We had sold everything we had. We were in an RV and traveling, right? So we've done that a lot. It's sort of uh -huh. like a practice skill we have now. And I, the skill I name it, I've named it uh, parachute, parachute building, right? Where you, uh, you jump off the cliff and you learn to build a parachute <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> that's better than if you build it they will come the parachute yeah yeah better. yeah so so you 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 take a step into something that you know you want to do and you realize that hey now that we've done this we have to actually make it work right we have to figure out how to you know how to make this function for our life um and it's a good skill to have and it also like it's one of those things like if you've never done it before you don't have a lot of confidence in it but like if you're at you know my point in life we've done it you know four or five times now and every time we've done it you realize hey i've got the skills right i know how to make things happen um it becomes easier the further you get into your life to make big decisions that are life-changing and things like that because you know like hey i can handle this i can handle whatever is thrown at me and the one of my i always ask myself i'm like am i going to regret not having done this and i think that was probably ingrained because when my father did pass away he was 52 and my mom was widowed at 48 and that was one of those things where i was like you know if i follow in his footsteps and if my life is half of what it could be i don't want to ever question did i not live my life to the fullest and that's the same thing with it just go and it'll you'll figure it out it'll work itself out the the world will support you yeah yeah right um so my uh my next question for you is the flip side of your superpower right so if your superpower is helping make people come alive the flip side of that coin is your fatal flaw right and every superhero has their kryptonite you know like wonder woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad right so you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business something you've struggled with maybe it's perfectionism like me or it keeps you from shipping um you know or lack of self-care meaning you let your clients walk all over you or something like that um uh and, you know, but more important than sort of what the flaw is, is how have you worked to overcome that flaw? So people who are listening might learn a bit from your experience. So my flaw is my to-do list um, or my grocery list or my list, right? I manage my life through marking things off of a list and it, it's, it's never small. It will, if I <laughs> add three, I only check off one and that is my that is my kryptonite because if I'm tethered to that list, I am never going to be able to go out and live the life that you and I have been talking about and explore and find the joy and the happy. Because if I put on the list, go have fun with spontaneity, that's probably going to be the last thing I, I grab. So I have to make a conscious effort to at least leave the list at home two days a week. That's awesome. Yeah, my, uh, my wife would probably feel you there. She is, she's one of those uh, bullet journaling people and she's got this fancy journal and she makes lists for all the things. We've got a, you know, a list for our meal planning and we've got lists for each of the kids' schoolwork and we've got four kids. So there's a lot of lists involved in that and we've got lists for keeping, um, keeping care of the house. And I, don't get me wrong, I love her lists. Her lists make my life what it is, right? Um, but you know, I think she would probably feel you there where it's like, but there's also, if I understand correctly, list people get a lot of joy out of checking the lists off. If, <laughs> I think I would get a lot of joy out of checking everything on the list off. I never get there. 
And I think that's why I'm, yeah, I just, I, it's my never ending to do list. So I don't have a great relationship with it. <laughs> so, so maybe it's just one of those things you just got to get better at figuring out what you want to put on the list. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There for a while I would, I'd, I'd have the list for Monday and I'd end up carrying 70% over to Tuesday and then another 70% over to Wednesday. So I, I think I can do a lot more than I can. So, so sort of the discussion I want to, I want to take this somewhere because I think this is really interesting. I don't, I'm not a list person per se, but one of the things that I did a lot in my early entrepreneur career, which I think you might, you might relate with is I was of the opinion that play was earned from work done. Right. So, um, and if I, if I had got to a certain point in my life, um, like I needed to, like, if I hadn't got to whatever my goal was, I needed to work more. Um, and I was doing this whole thing where it's like, I would get up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning and I would work until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, and like, I would work all day and I would do the same thing the next day because I was like, I'd never, I hadn't hit my goal yet. Right. Like I didn't, you know, I had this goal and I was trying to hit it and I would work all the time. And so I would constantly, like you're saying, it, it was similar to like, I could always have another thing on my list I could do. Right. There's always another thing I could add and another thing I could work on today. Um, and that for me was something that was really detracting from my life. Um, and I realized that I was just living to work. Um, and I realized, um, and it's something we talk about on the show all the time, is that you have to give yourself permission to play. Um, and that play is not something that you reward yourself with for work well done. It's a requirement to do good work. Right. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and if you, so I love leaving time for the magic is kind of how I refer to it. Because if, if we're so structured and we're just going from task to task, to task to task to task, you're, are you gonna take the time to have a conversation with someone in line at the coffee shop and maybe meet your next business partner? Or are you gonna take the time to go slide down the waterfall? Those are the things that, you, and I had this conversation actually with someone last week about the, and the question they asked me was, is, well, who do you most want to meet? And for me, my answer was, is I want to meet whoever just happens to be there in that minute that like, I want to be open and present enough with people that you just don't know who you're standing beside and you don't know their story. And there's a, there could be a reason that they're there. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's kind of the magic of the spontaneity and the play. Yeah. And that's one of the things that uh, I've really been blown away by sort of making that shift in my life to realizing that, Hey, it's not about the to-do list. It's about, it's about like learning to play and learning how to be, have a part of part of your life. There's, there's a couple of like really important things that came out of that. Um, one of them is I learned that creativity, um, really uh is it's in it's brought to life with restrictions right so if i do things like say hey i've only got um monday through thursday to get all my work done i'm not working on fridays anymore now suddenly you have to be creative about what you're going to get done because you got less time to get the same amount of things done or if you say things like hey you know what instead of working eight hour days i'm only going to work seven hour days right and i have over the course of the last four or five years consistently whittled down the amount of time that I was willing to put into work. And what that did is it created a, a sort of like a creative, it, it opened up a lot of creativity stuff. And now 
my current like work schedule, I generally, I work four days a week, four hours a day. And I have a business that's five times larger than it was when I was working 12 to 15 hours a day. Right. That's incredible. And do you feel like it's, um, not to put words in your mouth, but do you, it, you probably feel like it's a much more valuable business to you and your family. It is. All right. And it, because it leads a lot more to, to have the experiences in life and to tell the stories and do those things. Cause like, I was just thinking about it while you were talking, I was like, looking back over those five or six years, the beginning of my business, I don't have many stories. I, like, I, like I can tell you, I, I worked for five years and that's the whole story. <laughs> um, and, but the last three years of my life, we could spend the next two years talking about all the cool things that we've done, both in our business and our relationships and on the adventures that we've had and everything, because more of our time is dedicated to actually living and enjoying life. And the business stuff, we're only getting the important things done. And because we're getting the important things done, we're doing cool things for our clients and getting cool things accomplished. So our business has fun stories, right? And that's like, that's a cool place to be. That's a totally cool place to be. And we, Tommy and I had a conversation. We just had our 19th year of marriage. So we uh, had a lot of conversations on anniversary day. Yay. But we talked about what has like, what do I appreciate most about him? And I think for me is that we don't tell each other no, like no matter how big the dream is or no matter how small the dream is, if, if he were to tell me, no, I don't think you should do that or no, you can't do that. That would be hard for me because again, that's a restriction and not living as big as mm -hmm. you can. And I think that resonated with what you were just saying and that if we keep saying yes to the next thing and just yes it it's a way bigger life yeah yeah and it it's a um one of the things that like my my wife and i work on this a lot too it's the idea that like hey how how like my goal for my wife is like how do i support her in everything that she wants to do and we don't ever say like we can't do that or no that's not possibility right? Even if we can't afford it right now, or it's not something we can do right this moment, it's like, how can we? Because if you say no, no is a shutdown. It's a, it's a shutdown, right? Or I can't as a shutdown, or we can't as a shutdown. But if you ask yourself, how can we, then you can start building plans and creating things. Um, and the journey to get somewhere, right, where we can get to a place where we can do something is part of that fun and that joy. Well, and it's the same with anything in life. How can we do this? How can, it, it is the how rather than the no. And it, um, and how can be part of the fun and it's definitely part of the story. Yeah, yeah. That's like one of our one of our further down bucket list items that we haven't figured out how to do yet. My wife, bless her heart, wants to hold a baby panda before she dies. We haven't figured that out yet, but at some point we're gonna figure out how she can get to hold a baby panda. <laughs> All right, you just put it out there. So next week when somebody says they have a baby panda, I'm gonna give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. so I have, I want to move on a little bit and start talking about your common enemy, right? So every superhero has their arch nemesis, a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world. In the world of business, this takes on many forms, but generally speaking, we put in the context of your clients, right? The people that you work with, um, whether that's your audience or the people who buy your, your journals or the people that you work with one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and it's generally a mindset or a flaw that you're constantly sorting have, have to fight to overcome, right? That you, um, you know, so you can help them get them better results that are cheaper results, faster results, higher degree results, whatever. It's something that you're constantly like, man, if I had a magic wand and I could just 
bop them on the head and make that better. What is that thing that you're constantly having to fight against your common enemy? That children, career, and husbands come before you. It's, it's that one. And I don't know if it's just like generational. I don't know if it's a sense of, I mean, I, I think it comes from a lot of different places, but, and I, I was there where I would put myself last, but like we had been talking, if I don't continue to experience and do things outside of my comfort zone, Tommy and I aren't going to have new stories to talk about. I'm not going to have, it, it almost feels more like a death cycle to me, but that's the, that's the common enemy is I'll spend less on myself because I, they need things. Uh, my husband's job is more important. It's kind of that whole, that whole conversation. And a lot of times that can be just an easy, an easy excuse not to step into your fears. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because it's a particular problem. Um, with the female half of our species. Um, and I, I know this from data, actually. We have a supplement company that we've run for a number of years. And you know, so one of the things that we offer is we offer uh, men's multivitamins, women's multivitamins, prenatal vitamins, kids and children's and teens vitamins. Like we have all those vitamins things, right? I bet you could guess what our worst seller is. It's the women's it multivitamin. Now, is it the <laughs> right? same price you know, point? The, I'm curious. Yeah, it's, this, it's the same price point. You know what one of our best sellers is? It's a prenatal vitamin. Because I can because, see that. Because suddenly they're not taking care of themselves, they're taking care of someone else, right? Um, and so it's, it's women are wired to take care of the people that are around them and to think about themselves last, right? And there's not, there's not, not necessarily that's a wrong thing. It's part of how you were wired, but you also have to figure out like you can't take care of someone else unless you take care of yourself, right? They always tell you on the airplane, you got to put the mask over your own face first before you can put it over your children. Absolutely. And nurture, nurture is a very big piece of life. And it's, but I also think through a lot of those things that women are jealous about, right? When you look at other women and they're beautiful, or they have just this home, like the nurturing that you love to go sit in, or the person that just speaks her mind. There are so many things you can be jealous about with other people. And I have some really close friends that are nurturers and that I feel like take care of me when I need it. But I also have made a conscious effort to fill out my circle with other types of women too. Like the one that's going to just stop the car and dance on the side of the road or the one that knows all the beauty products. So I, I certainly don't want to undersell the momhood and the nurturing your family and your your community but i i would make a pitch to round out the the life with some of those other <laughs> yeah so one people. of one of the uh, rules that we have in our household that we've had for a number of years my wife and i have discussed this a lot and it's something that you know she struggled with a lot growing up is like having her own voice and her own identity um, and having her own opinions and things like that. And some of that just comes from relationships that she had in her past. Um, but um, one of our rules is, uh, you know, because we have four children. 
Um, and there's a tendency for mothers to, um, to, and even fathers a lot, to like try to live vicariously through their children, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, hey, you're going to, you know, do these things or do the other things. And one of our rules is that, is that we do the things that my wife and I want to do and our children get to come along for the journey, right? So we're not sacrificing our life to put it all into, you know, as an example, in my kids into baseball, right? Like, it, unless we have a savant in some area which none of our kids have turned out to be savant yet but we'll see um we might you know we might really set them up for success for something like that but we feel that showing them what it looks like to see someone who's really actively living and grabbing life by the horns and doing what they want to do and showing them what that looks like is more important than making sure that they you know make every baseball game or make it to every gymnastics class or whatever um and so um, the the way that that works out is like, hey, when my wife has ideas and things that she wants to do, is we work towards making sure she's doing that and and coming up with those things. And like, you know, one of my my latest things we mentioned the bullet journaling. She was like, I want to get into this bullet journaling journaling thing. So the next month, I added like three hundred dollars to our budget to go and like I bought all the supplies for. Her. I was like, go at it, have fun, right? Like 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 learn how to do it and do all the things and like the brush lettering and all the things. It's one of the things that she wanted to do. And we did the same thing with like watercolor. She's like, I think I want to learn how to watercolor because she had a friend who was learning to watercolor. So we went and got her a whole kit for the watercolor stuff. And, you know, then we got like a miniature one for her daughter so she could do it with her. Right. Um, And those kind of things. And it's, it's more about like, Hey, let's learn how to live your life. And then those experiences you can help transfer to your children um, instead of trying to live your children's life. If that makes sense. It makes total sense. And I will, um, it's in the, front of the shine your bright journal has a little about our story but the same line but a different perspective is when I realized Tommy and I weren't going to have children I had to really ask myself why that was important to me in the first place to have children and that's what I realized is I wanted to experience life through them because there is no fear they they'll try to flip the swing over the swing set and they just lived to the fullest. And once I realized that that's probably why I wanted the children, it was about, it wasn't about nurturing and growing a human being to be the best person they could be. It was selfish. And I was like, but I can go do all of that on my own. Right. So it's the exact same story, just a different perspective. Yeah. Different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think that for, for at least our family, it's been really helpful because like our goal is to raise up the next generation to be better than the current one, right? Like that's the best, the best gift we can give the world is to raise our children up right. Um, and so I think part of that is learning, how, teaching them what it looks like to live, live a great life, right? To live a life that you're, you're in charge of, that you're actually delivering value in every aspect of what you do, right? So anyways, that's a fun discussion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And never stop exploring and you're giving them the confidence to, the more things you explore, the more confidence you'll have to go into the future with. Absolutely. So my next question for you then is your driving force, right? And this is the flip side of your common enemy, right? So um, just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you are fighting for? Your mission, so to speak, what is that? It is finishing life without regret, knowing that you did things for yourself and they were they made your life better. It, I think it's that that simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, so living life without regret. Um, and so for, for people who are, are listening to sort of this, this whole episode and the cool discussions that we've had so far, do you have like, like you know, something that you, you recommend everyone like does, like an inventory or something? Like how do you know whether or not you're at that place? I, I would say when's the last time you felt like you did something exclusively for yourself? whether it be five minutes or whether it was a weekend trip, when was the last time you were able to do that? And understanding what regret feels like and how to recognize it in the moment when you're making a decision and say, do I need to sit with this and, and work through it? Or am I comfortable enough to know that I can make this decision right now and it be the right one for myself? So, so sort of like a follow-on question, because I know that people struggle with this, because I know I struggled with it personally. Why is doing something for yourself and putting yourself first not a selfish thing? So we're all... Is it wrong to be selfish to some degree? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's acceptable to be selfish and the other side of that's boundaries and people taking right and if i don't set boundaries around a, a life and a career my boss might always say well you need to be here an extra hour you need to be here from seven to seven at night um same with a husband, you know, it, it's very easy to get stuck in. Well, I get home from work, I've got to make dinner at night. And then I'm so exhausted. After I've done all of these chores to keep our family running, there's nothing left for you to do anything for yourself. So I'm not saying blow off your, your community, your family with reckless abandonment. But I think we're all entitled to have the same amount of excitement in life. And and know ourselves. And if we take the time to do things we love and want to enjoy, we'll know who we are more intimately and we can go into our relationships with others in a healthier perspective. Yeah, yeah. And sort of my, my whole take on that is that the more we learn to understand that in order for us to give our value to the world, we have to know who we are, right? We have to know what that value is. We have to know, we have to know ourselves and we have to, so we have to experience life a little bit. You have to, you have to know what you want to spend your time on and how you want to do it and where you want to go with life and those kind of things. You have to know who you are. Um, and when you, when you understand that you have to be a little bit selfish, right? You have to love yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of this, you know, to put it in Christian terms, your body is a temple, right? And you take care of the temple. <laughs> you keep it, healthy and you keep it alive and energized and then it can you you can then turn around and you can give your value to the world right like my my business does a lot of really cool things for really cool people and it's got a lot of huge ripple effects in the world and none of that would happen like it wasn't happening years ago when all I was doing was working out doing anything for myself right and so Absolutely. when I started to learn to be a little bit selfish I started to have a lot more to give to other people Right. And I feel like with your confidence and your, the joy that's around you, because you are filling your cup, p 
people feel that they want to be (laughs) right they feel it and they want to be around you and it just it create it creates this this happy place where i mean like i know if i'm having a bad day and i'm grumpy i could you you kind of feel people wanting to steer away from you whereas if you're in a great space and you're smiling at the cashier or the person beside you at the car it's it just it flows through and out of you and it makes the world a happier place it absolutely does so i want to talk a little bit about some practical tools maybe the things that you could use for uh for uh for making that that happy choices but i call this the hero's tool belt right so just you know it's uh just like every superhero has their tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes or you know a big magical hammer Right. I want to know, talk about one or two tools in your business that you couldn't live without that sort of make your business what it is. Could be your notepad, your calendar, your marketing tools, your product delivery, sort of any one or two things that are like absolutely essential to the job that you do for people. Well, I've, I've tried a sauna. That didn't work. I like my paper list. But um, the, the things that I go back to is one, I do go back to the published journal and I make sure I I spend time with that every day too, just to to have that interview with myself so that when I'm going in and having conversations with others and coaching that I've explored myself through a different lens and I'm ready and open to have those more intimate conversations. And this is your your journal, the, uh, the, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it. Right here, Shine Your Bright. And, and you're bright. And so tell me, tell me a little bit about it. Like what, what does it do and how does it sort of help you and help your clients? So really when I, I wanted, and I kind of just got like a page here um, and I just opened it up to a tent, but it was really important for me to have a visual so that I could see like with the tent, if I'm an REI and I see a tent, I could relate back to this, these questions, but the prompts are, insects, s'mores, Wi-Fi, and then some of the questions I have, like what is your definition of roughing it? You know, roughing it to some people, depending on where you are, could be just going home at night. Um, It could be going to your job. And if you could admit what roughing it is and start to put all that out on paper, it helps you admit it to yourself. And once you admit it to yourself, then you know you got to deal with it. Not then, but you know it's time. And um, some of the other questions are what makes you a happy camper? I mean, they they can be a little (laughs) cheeky, right? And then when's the last time you slept under the stars? So, you know, camping as a kid might've been a normal, but when's the last time you went outside at night and looked up at the stars? I bet for you guys, it might've been last night. So, and just those interview questions really helped me continue to learn more about myself and where my head is at the time. And I'll also date it. So a year from now, or when I flip to a different page, I can see where I was at that time and how much I've grown or changed. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, it's, it's connecting with your own story. Right. And sort of having it out there so you can you can see where you are and where you're going. Yeah. Awesome. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the hero show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. 
Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So next question for you then is your own personal heroes, right? So every hero has their mentors, just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad or Spider-Man had his uncle Ben, right? Who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, uh, speakers, authors who were a couple of years of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your entrepreneurial journey? So I would say my number one hero is certainly Tommy. And if you'd have asked me that 15 years ago, I would have said he was my number one nemesis. That's how far <laughs> we've come. But <laughs> watching the courage and the, the way he's been with people has been just, it's been a really an inspiration to watch his journey. And it encourages me to step outside of my comfort zone and really go after the life I I want. I, I mean, I, I've had some amazing people in my life. Um, like when I talked about fear versus excitement, that was Nancy Vito and she was a life coach that I'll still go back to with questions. And she really has just some amazing tools to, to help me transition through whatever I'm going with at the, at the time. Um, yeah, those are the two I'd throw off, off the top. Awesome. Yeah. One of the things that has really surprised me about doing this show um, is asking that question and realizing that for everyone has a hero, right? They don't mind always call them a hero. Sometimes they call them a mentor, sometimes they call them something else, but it's like it's someone that they've looked up to or has helped them. And the other thing that's amazing to me is how often the other person, the one you name, doesn't even know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that always strikes me as like just a, a thought in the back of my head, right? Like you talked about, you know, just being the kind of person who walks up in the grocery store and smiles, right? Like that, that's the kind of thing that like, if you realize that if you're living your life in like the way that we've been talking about through this whole episode, you, you have that opportunity to be heroes for other people because you're living the kind of life that everyone wants to be living when you realize that, hey, like I've got, I've, you know, you, you need to shine your bright. When you're shining your bright, that's the kind of thing that other people, that makes you a hero to other people. That, and 
one thing it, it's kind of sad to me is that eye contact is not normal in out in the world and the amount of people that don't make eye contact with others it's almost like I don't want to be seen I don't want you to see me I don't want to see you and it, it, it's sad when you realize that so if you could just sprinkle a little bit of magic on someone's day in any manner I think it goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of my my earliest mentors in life said, uh, leave it better than you found it. Be that a person or a place, whatever it is. And it's, you know, if you can leave them with a smile, you've left them better, better than you found them. Um, and it's one of those things that like I, I uh, particularly smiles. They're, they're such a powerful thing because they're infectious, right? Mm -hmm. Most infectious thing on the planet probably. And I like, I have I have a, a three daughters um, and I don't know if you know this about young girls, but they are very prone to very deep emotions um, and they feel things much more deeply than anyone else I know. Um, and so like we have breakdowns on a regular basis on for various <laughs> things. And one of my favorite things, which drives my wife batty is I'll sit on the couch with one of my daughters and sit around my lap and just be like, we'll have a pity party together. And then I'll just look at her and smile. Right. And smile for, sure. you know, however long it takes. And she can't, she can't like it, it always works every single time because they can't, you can't just smile at someone and have it not improve their life. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've used that trick a couple of times in a couple of fights and in, in marriage too. <laughs> if you just start smiling, it'll, it'll break it up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It, it smiles fix people. I don't know what it is, but they're magical. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, I want to bring it home for our listeners and talk a little bit about your guiding principles, right? It's one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code, right? For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we sort of wrap up the interview, let's talk about top one or two principles that you regularly use in your life. Maybe a principle you wish you had when you first started out that you live by sort of on every day. We, so that's funny, Tommy and I, we have our family principles and we have our own principles because if you have them, it's easier to make your decisions, right? It's your, it's mm -hmm. your guiding light per se. Um, I would say I show up, that was, and it's okay to say no. So it's almost a, a contra, <laughs> a contra um, principle. But what I do mean by we show up is if we say we're going to be somewhere or I say I'm going to commit to something, I'm going to commit to it with my whole heart and I'm going to be there and present. On the flip side of that, if I, it's okay to say no and not do things and be comfortable with that because if I really want to say no and I don't, I'm going to show up half of myself. Yeah, yeah, it's they they really work well together, and it's it's interesting because mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a type of integrity, right? When you say you're going to show up, you show up, and then when you show up, you're actually there, right? right. And um, and if you put that all together with everything we've been talking about, if you're the kind of person that shows up full of life, right, and full of who you are, and you can be a hundred percent present. One of the one of the questions that I was asked by a family member um, when we got pregnant with our fourth child was like, why, why would you have a fourth child, right? Like, how are you going to give them all the attention that they need? Um, and that's, that's a question asked by someone who doesn't have four children. Um, but <laughs> but the, the point is that if you, you realize that like you, in everything in your life, if you can learn how to be 100% present for whatever it is that you're doing, 
right? Whether that's, you know, sitting on the couch and having a pity party with your daughter to showing up at, you know, to help clean up the chairs at the end of a, you know, event or something like that. If you're a hundred percent there, um, that's a type of, of, uh, it's a type of integrity that a lot of people don't have. Right. Um, and it really shows and really helps impact people in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We, we have a friend of ours who, we had, we had a book launch party for Tommy recently and this gentleman, <clears throat> excuse me, he is amazing at making you feel like he's listening to you. And I don't know how he has these conversations, but he is so in into the conversation listening. And one of our other friends that was at this party commented on it. He was like, how is, his name's Michael Liss. He's like, how's Michael Liss? Who actually was working in Singapore, but he came over for the party and never made it back. But, and Chris, the guy telling us the story, he goes, you know, I've never felt more listened to than from Michael. And we were like, yes, we know. I mean, we feel the same way. That's what has uh, attracted us to him way back when. So he is one that I always try to, to do the same and be that present with people. Yeah. Show up 100%, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And to be there and to listen and to, you know, to give all of yourself to everything you do. Um, and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's interesting. So that is basically a wrap on our interview. But I finish every interview with a simple challenge. I call it the Heroes Challenge. That's actually how you ended up here. Um, so we do this to help get access to new stories that we might never find on our own. So the question is simple. Do you have someone in your network um, that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come share their story on our show? Oh my goodness. Unfortunately, okay. it can't be Tommy because Tommy re recommended you. <laughs> you know what? I would call out my brother of all people. His name's Justin. He's 40 years old. He just walked away from everything he knows to um, start a marketing company from food sales to marketing. And we have he moved up to Atlanta to be close to us and watching his struggles and his grinds and his happy and the, the highs and lows of that have just been incredible. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll uh, reach out later and see if we can get uh, an introduction to him to get him on the show and hear his story. Um, so it's time for our send off and in comic books, there's always a crowd who's, um, who, you know, says thank you to the hero for their act of heroism and claps and cheers to them for their work. So as we close, um, I want to know where people can find you if they want your help in the future, where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak. And more importantly, um, who are the best types of people to reach out and ask for your help or to buy your products? We, I would love to hear from anyone out there. Our website is shineyourbright.com. And there's actually a free sample download of the journal there. And if you're looking for a place to start to, to get to know yourself again, you don't know how to start to get to know yourself, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is heather at shineyourbright.com. And if you're looking to do a little more for yourself, we'd love to have you at the retreat in September. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Heather. Really appreciate it. And if you're listening to this and you're looking, right, if you want to have the kind of life that Heather and I have been talking about this whole episode, definitely take a, take a chance, reach out to Heather, pick up the journal, learn a little bit about what it's like to actually live a full, exciting, 
life, right? And what that is, because it, you know, it helps you put your value out into the world. And again, Heather, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast having this conversation with you. This has been amazing. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy Florida as long as you're there. <laughs> awesome. So before I hit this little stop record button, you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? No, I'd say the happy and the joy is inside of everyone. And it's worth taking the time to find it if you've lost it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Heather. Thank you.